each of you and how each of you have touched my life, my life and your own life. I really do Using whatever means 
that he can do to keep us distracted. He knows that his ending is sealed already, and all that he can do is open his mouth and try to lie to us continuously. And the more that he can deceive us and lull us away into that spiritual sleep, the more eternal damage he can cause, not just for us, but for those who are intended, who we are intended to pull from the fire. Amen. That's what that distraction is for. He wants to keep us from that. So back to the main thought. What's the power for? That he speaks of in Acts 1 and 8. You shall receive power. We get excited when we think on what the Holy Ghost does for us individually and personally. I do, at least. How it builds us up. It strengthens us. It gives us strength that humans can't have on their own. But that's not the purpose of the power it gives us. Jesus said in John 14 and 12, and you don't have to turn there if you want. You can just make a note if you want, or I'll give you just a second if you do want to turn there. John 14 and 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. He left us in his stead to do the work that he modeled. Because the work he did, the suffering he endured, allowed us this life abundant and everlasting. The primary goal of Jesus was to seek and save that which was lost. I know this message seems kind of basic today, but we have to remember what the power's for. That power that he put in us when he put his spirit in us. Amen. To be kingdom-minded is to understand what the power's for. It's about the harvest. It's about reaching. It's about restoring. It's about seeking that which is lost. Because we are Christ's followers, so we are to be Christ-like. None of this is going to come by our hand, of course. But it's by his hand through us when we have submitted our heart, our body, and our mind to him. The Holy Ghost is our personal comforter. And as his vessels filled with his spirit, we then become a comfort to others if we are living in his kingdom purpose and destiny. The love and the comfort we are given so graciously by him then will spill onto those that we come in contact with. Daily feeding the spirit is going to increase this overflow onto others. Daily feeding of the flesh is going to do the opposite and going to have an effect that's not going to bring people in. All of these temporal things that try to snatch our attention away on a daily basis, they have no eternal importance. That's not to say you can't have hobbies or things you enjoy doing outside of the Word of God or prayer or fasting. Those things are good as long as they don't take precedence over what our primary calling is. The life that we're passing through is a very tiny amount of our existence in relation to eternity. One day the life clock will stop ticking like Arliss taught on and taught about recently. We don't know what our time is. While there's breath, there's still time. Time to recognize the deceiver, the chief of liars, 
He's in pursuit continuously to keep us from our God-given destiny. That's right. Everything he can use to keep us distracted, he's going to try. You, all of you, you're too dangerous to him to fulfill your purpose. He doesn't want you to fulfill it. He never sleeps. He's always trying to gain control by any means he can. Through strife, through breeding hatred, jealousy, self-centered thinking, self-pity that causes us to wallow. And this message was prepared with more the mindset of people outside of us. Right. Um, we're very good at unity. We're, we're very yeah. good at not dealing with a lot of these issues that a lot of the churches dealt with. Yeah. That Paul had to speak on these things. It's just about serving and getting plugged in like we are. And invested is the best word to explain it and I believe we all are we're invested in souls and we're invested in each, in each other Amen. and once we get that invested and come into one accord with globally our brothers and sisters in Christ yes. things far beyond our imagination are going to take place yes. the upper room as it talked about in Acts 1 and 2 was a place of one accord on the day of Pentecost they were praying in one accord, in agreement, and waiting in one accord and agreement. Following the words and the command of what Jesus had told them to do after he made his ascension to heaven. Doesn't it feel good to be a part of something so much bigger than yourself? Amen. Because to me it does. Yes. <laughs> if just living as a secular person, if that was all there was to life, that would be something to be so depressed about. But we have something so much greater to live for. <coughs> now, if you'll turn with me to Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 4. Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 4 is what we're going to look at. Now this was an Old Testament prophetic word of the Jesus that is to come. The true light, the true stability that is unmovable. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. That word meek is depressed in mind, depressed in circumstance. Mm. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. That word brokenhearted literally means you are so torn up emotionally and in your heart that your heart, it, it means to burst. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, and they shall build the old wastes, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. Greater works 
Mm. You will do greater works. That's what he said in John that we just went over. Real life comes with abandon of self. We may think to ourselves sometimes, or most of the time, but Lord, how can I help someone because I'm a mess myself? Mm. You fell down. But the word says, a just man falls seven times, but he gets back up. What does it say about the wicked in that same verse? What do they do? They just don't get up. They lay there and die. They just lay there and die. But the Lord says, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I will make breath enter you. Come to life. There may be some kingdom promises, some God-given words that you feel are dead, that you knew held power when they were spoken to you. Power that would spill over onto the others who are needy and broken. But these promises and words are still alive. No matter how we feel right now, no matter how it looks right now, no matter what our thought process is right now, no matter the hard things that we've went through, it's still alive and it's not dead. Reiterating Isaiah 61, verse one, if everything is burnt to ash, Jesus is bringing beauty. Amen. If you have a mourning soul, he gives the oil of joy to anoint our heads. If you have a spirit of heaviness, he says, I will put my garment of praise on you. He gives power to the weak, strength to the powerless. It's all in him. His precious gift of the infilling of his spirit brings the power. Pentecost Sunday reminds me of our never-changing purpose as the people of God. Without the Holy Ghost power, we can do nothing to advance the Lord's will and purpose in this earth. It's a day to remember the primary cause he's called us to, a day to remember the lost and hurting, the backslidden and lovers of themselves, the abused and broken, the ones that Jesus called the least of these, it's a time to remember the bride of Christ, arrayed in all of her beauty, the church as he sees it. It's a time to lay differences aside and move forward into purpose, individually and corporately, in one accord as a whole body to do the whole work of Jesus Christ. Amen. Pentecost Sunday represents to me an image of what we are to be, unified for his purpose, demonstrating in his power individually and corporately to seek that which is lost and equip those who are weak, those who are powerless, with the tools to get the power. Yes. There's so many people who don't have this so very important message that they don't realize is fundamental. It is fundamental to what we do and to what we know. Yes. And we are so blessed to have this message that we have. And to be able to truly celebrate Pentecost Sunday. Yes. We know what it's about. We don't just push it to the side like, oh, all of that stuff that we see there, that doesn't apply today. It does yes. apply today. It's the birth of the church. 
Amen. 